can we as moms and moms-to-be who are more overwhelmed and worried than ever about our kids find natural, safe, effective, and real-life ways to nurture and cultivate amazing human beings? That is the question, and here are the answers. This is the Parent Coffee Talk, and I'm Dr. Roseanne. I'm Dr. Cleopatra. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. It's Dr. Cleopatra, and I'm here, of course, with Dr. Roseanne, and we have a very special guest today. We have Trisha Greaves from Heal Your Hunger with us today, and she's here to talk about a very important topic with us, which is how to manage the urge to engage in emotional eating while we are a little more cooped up than we're used to being and have big stores of food (laughs) sitting around the house. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Trisha. This is so important, and I know that our mamas are going to be really happy to learn from you today. Thank you so much. Everybody's talking about this. So um, I want to do justice uh, to you, Trisha, and read your bio. Please do. You've been a lifetime working. Yeah, Trisha Nelson lost... 50 pounds by identifying and healing the underlying cause of her emotional eating. And she's an emotional eating expert. She's helped so many women. You know, she's also one of her superstar friends. And um, she's the author in the number one selling book called Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating Now. And she is the, also the host of a very popular podcast um, called The Heal Your Hunger Show. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great to be with you, ladies. I love you both so much. We love you so much. And I'm so sorry that I chose your wrong last name. No, the wrong last name, name to refer to. So thank you for that correction. That's okay. And I, use, I, I use the middle name on Facebook, and that's why it throw, throws people. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Actually, you, it says Trisha Nelson right behind you. So that should have totally clued me in that you only needed one last name. Hey, we're not perfect. We're you can never research. do any wrong in my book, Dr. Oh, I love you so much. It, I feel <laughs> the same way, likewise. And so it's so beautiful to have you here, Trisha. And this is a topic that, that's coming up a lot. People are making jokes all over the place about how much heavier people are going to be coming out of quarantine, coming out of of social isolation or social distancing, hopefully not social isolation because you're still connecting in the ways that we have available to us, just like we're doing here. But can you talk to us a little bit about this and about the psychology behind the the drive to engage in eating out of feelings as opposed to hunger, and then also some things that we can do about it? Absolutely. This was a big problem for me. As as, um, Dr. Rose said, I was 50 pounds overweight and definitely an emotional eater. So I didn't need this pandemic situation as an excuse. (laughs) I just, I eat all the time. So I thought I just loved food and I thought that was kind of the beginning and end of it. But as I started to, as I, as I struggled more and more with my weight and I, you know, couldn't lose the weight no matter what I tried, I tried everything. I tried pills and potions and lotions and, you know, um, (laughs) all kinds of 
you know, uh, 12-step programs and therapy and all this, and it was just a, a constant struggle for me. So what I finally did and how I got help is I, I started to identify and heal the root causes of emotional eating. So mm-hmm. it was when I started dealing, because I wasn't like ignorant about what to eat, like what's healthy and not healthy. I right. knew I knew mm-hmm. about good nutrition. I mean, most people do, you know, we're not dummies, but being able to follow through on what I knew was the kicker. And so, and you know, and I think in more than ever right now, that's the truth. And I teach people about the underlying causes with a very simple thing called the PEP test. When we're going overboard and eating too much, it's not just that we like food. And I've identified, you know, I've been doing this work for 30 years and I've identified three primary emotions that really drive emotional eating. And the PEP test is an acronym. The first P stands for painkiller. So we use food as a form of painkiller. Why? Because we have pain and it's usually emotional pain, right? It's either stuff that's happening right now, which is like we're in a pandemic that is pretty painful of a reality. I mean, I sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm like, wait, was that a dream or is that real? And it's real. And so that's really painful. And food, I'm sure people are finding food just kind of like softens the edges of our harsh reality right now. And so food is a painkiller. The E in the PEP test stands for escape. So we use food as a form of escape. And it's like, just want to get away from that reality. We want to check out and food, especially the foods we tend to choose when we overeat, you know, carbs and sugar and fat, my three favorite food groups, by the way. (laughs) Um, So we choose those things and they do temporarily, you know, take us out of reality. You know, it gives us a serotonin hit. It kind of calms us. Those carbs calm us down and we're just sort of feeling no pain. You know, we're sort of getting away from it all. And of course we don't just sit and eat the dining room table. We get our good we sit in front of our bingeable TV shows and then we really check out. We don't want people to call us. We don't want our kids to, we don't want our kids wanting our attention at that time. We just want to like check out. So that's escape in the PEP formula. And the last P in the PEP stands for punishment. Mm-hmm. And this is something people don't realize as much and it's, yeah, it's more hidden. And so like, why would we want to punish ourselves and how could it be a punishment? Like I'm eating my favorite foods, my malt balls and my Reese's pieces and my, you know, my ice cream and, and chips. And so like, that's a reward. That's not a punishment. We think of it as a reward, but consider when we go overboard and when we stuff ourselves and then feel disgusting, you know, and then the next day we don't want to be seen. We don't want to really talk to anyone. We certainly won't, don't have sex, you know. <laughs> and so then we're like, you know, that's not a reward. Like we did that to ourselves and that's a punishment. Why would we be doing that? And I just find that as emotional eaters, emotional eaters are tend to be, you know, and, and frankly, let's, I just want to say for everyone's benefit, I think we're all emotional eaters. Like even if somebody isn't a binger, they can still be an emotional eater. And I think that we're, we're kind of hardwired to have an emotional connection with food so that we'll eat, you know, and subsist as a species. So I think it's a spectrum. And I actually have a quiz on my website where people can find out where they are on. Yeah. Are they emotional eater or are they a food addict, which is the Mm -hmm. high end on the Mm -hmm. low end? You know, you might go overboard now and then like eat too much ice cream or too many cookies and big Mm -hmm. deal. You exercise more the next day Mm -hmm. versus the food addict on the high end. That's really binging, really 
like it food consumes them, you know, as much as they consume it and, and it's taken over and it's causing a lot of adverse side effects. Mm -hmm. So if somebody takes that quiz, they can find out. But the bottom line is we are super emotional and we do tend to take things on. So the punishment comes from kind of this underlying feeling of guilt. Sometimes it's just a generalized feeling that, you know, we're responsible for the whole world and we feel guilty for everything. Or we grew up with an, a religious upbringing that says we're, we live in sin or whatever, you know? And so yeah. we just behave badly because we're stressed out and we're, you know, we're, we're snapping at our kids or our spouse. And that brings, you know, that weighs heavy on us. Mm-hmm. So we use food as a form of punishment. And that's this underlying guilt that people aren't really aware of because they're thinking, oh, I just want chocolate. And the focus is the food. But when you dig deeper, you start to see what some of these underlying causes might be. And that's really where we need to go. So to sum it up, it's the PEP formula will help you identify if you're using food as a painkiller, as an escape or punishment. And these are for the emotions of pain, fear, essentially, and guilt. And so that's the things we want to just look for. What's going on there? And people can start asking themselves, like, am I really hungry right now? Like we just had lunch a couple hours ago and I'm in the kitchen again what's really going on and you can start looking for some of those underlying emotions. Mm-hmm. And can we talk a little bit about escape? Because yeah. That's what's driving a lot of the overeating right now. And yeah. like some of my friends that are really healthy eaters and really take care of themselves. There's sort of this level, these waves that come in the emotional components of this quarantine. And the first part is sort of like a shock. And then there's an adjustment period. And then now everyone's like, okay, I got to find my new normal. And they may have been stuck in the first two stages and they're still using food for emotional coping. Right, as an escape I've been doing this work for 30 years. I've been thin for 30 years, and I find myself like wandering into the kitchen more. It's, and it's this nervousness, it's this sense of like all is not well, you know, yeah. all is not well. How can I like pad myself? How can I comfort myself? And it's not conscious, it's very unconscious. And I'm just amazed that I was hungry for lunch at like 10 30 this morning. I'm like, mm, with that. <laughs> I'm going through it. Usually I fast until 2.30, 4 o'clock. I, you know, got up super early at 2.30 in this, mor- this morning to start working. And I was like, I can't wait until the afternoon to have my yeah. meal today. Yeah. Well, that's legit. Really? Yeah. Come on, that's legit. You woke up at 2.30. It wasn't like it was 9. <laughs> Maybe, but in the past, I would have been able to, like, it wouldn't have been much of a thing, you know? No, it's true. It's yeah. really hard right now. Yeah. And it really is. We don't have our safety and our security. You know, our worlds have been rocked, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely rocked by this. We don't have that sense everything's okay. I mean, usually even, you know, living in our country, or that's usually so supportive and wonderful. It is not a safe place right now, wherever we go. And, and we can't find comfort and in each other either mm-hmm. except virtually you know we can't yeah. do the hugging thing and all the right. oxytocin 
hits we normally get. So it's just a, it's a very insecure feeling. And the most natural thing in the world is to try to comfort ourselves and food is comforting. There's no question about it. So I think that's, what's really driving this, but we can't keep going with that. I mean, I've heard the jokes too about the, the, the COVID 15, you know, it's like, (laughs) after this all done, we all put on 15 pounds. Well, you know, let's try to find some new solutions so we don't do that. And what I find I have to do is always recommended to my clients and, and part of my program will teach my clients to start the day with some kind of spiritual practice and centering practice, even if you don't believe in a higher power, something that can get you still and quiet and centered and grounded. Right. Mm-hmm. Prayer, meditation, journaling, yes. um, reading, yoga. Spiritual- don't turn on the TV first thing in the morning. Give or yourself, your phone, right? <laughs> yes. Give yourself an hour. And we should be doing this anyway, truthfully. So yes. give yourself an hour first thing in the morning. If you have to get up a little bit you know, earlier you know, to make sure you've got this time to yourself before your kids get going, give yourself this sacred time to really, really nourish yourself spiritually. And I really feel the need for that. I walk and I pray. I put earbuds in my ears and I act like I'm talking to a friend, but I'm really talking to God. Oh, I love that and, um, so much. That's awesome. And I, I need it. it. I just need the support, you know, and I, you know, I'm not, it's not like I got a hotline to God, but I just, it, prayer is very helpful. You know, I love comforting. it so much. That's what I do. And I do meditate as well. And it's just, I just, and I read little spiritual books as too. So I just, I say more than ever, just really try to give, and we have the time now, like we have more time and, and just give yourself that time of nourish, spiritual nourishment. And I say, it's like, it's kind of like putting money in the bank first thing in the morning, you know, putting credit in there and you can draw on it later in the day. Cause later in the day is when it gets harder. I'd say 75% of emotional eaters have the hardest time from like five o'clock on. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's hard because yeah. you know, our willpower is way down and the stress is we've compiled stress throughout the day. And it's just, you know, the, the world is worn on us. And so when we go to try draw from that bank account, if we didn't put money in there first thing in the morning, it's on empty. You know, we are going to be reaching for chocolate and candy and nuts and chips to fortify ourselves. And so that's, that's why we got to really stock up first thing in the morning on that spiritual juju so that we can really draw on it. But also, you know, we can get oxytocin from friendships and connection online and telephone calls and that kind of thing. And that is so, so important as well. And, and we have to up that too. I mean, now more than ever, we can actually call someone without making it a scheduled appointment. You'll find them. Like people will answer their phone now. They're like, happy calling. <laughs> yeah. And that's really, that's really nourishing as well. So we just have to think about new ways we can nourish ourselves than just defaulting to mm-hmm. snacking and nibbling throughout the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also Trisha, you know, you talked about put, you know, filling your bank, right? And yes. I'd say under normal circumstances, once a day probably would do it. Maybe, maybe not. I know I have to probably 15 or 20 times in a day actually ground myself mm-hmm. just because I have a lot of, you know, energy that comes through in our office and whatnot. And I'm just a spaz, as I always like to say. So I need that grounding. <laughs> in a so, good way. A spaz. In a good way. I'm like a happy spaz. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I would say, you know, doing a 578 breath or meditating, something really quick and accessible mm-hmm. for under, you know, two, three, mm-hmm. four, five minutes, you know, yes. doing EFT, tapping on a clavicle point. You need to be doing this multiple times a day in the quarantine. Yes. Because the level of global panic 
is literally vibrationally causing a lot of panic. Like I've been so busy that I haven't been terribly stressed about it, but everybody else's stress is impacting me. Like I'm feeling it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I was walking today through town and there's all these stores closing. I mean, they're closed because of the, you know, the lockdown, but, but the fact is they're not going to be opening again. And I do, I feel like a psychic kind of global pain for everybody whose lives are so dramatically changed financially on account of what's happening. And so we do, you know what we empaths do absorb that global pain. And more than ever, like you're saying, Dr. Rowe, we have to do that. And there are really great little meditations like on Insight Timer, which is an app you can put on your phone and literally just like shut the door, put the earbuds in and just do five minutes of a guided meditation can really bring your stress level down. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I'll, I'll always remember when we were going to a philanthropic event to raise money for just like my child foundation and a group of us women we're in a big van together. We had driven there and Trisha said, let's meditate before we go in. And I was like, oh, perfect. I was actually speaking there. So it was perfect for me. And we all meditated together for 20 minutes and it felt so good. And that's something we can do by ourselves, but it is also something we can do together on Zoom, on, you know, on Facebook Live, on wherever. Yeah, yesterday and yesterday we all ha- we were all in a group uh, together online and we had a dance party. We did, and Friday we're having a dance party, the, the collective dance party, which we had last Friday afternoon slash evening, depending on your coast and if you're in the U.S. It was so fun, and it was it felt so good to dance together, right? So great, so great. We're getting creative, and I've but also just all the fun. Like I'm getting so many texts with some really cute, funny video and creative memes and this kind of thing. And I, I just love how we're reaching inside and finding humor. We're finding humor and creativity, you know, that just is getting us through. And it's just the yeah. human spirit is so beautiful and so expansive. It's just, you know, squeezing us a little bit more and causing us to come up with new solutions for getting by and supporting each other. And that I just find so hopeful and so encouraging as well. So looking for the silver linings is really important as well. Instead of, you know, taking that terrible downfall into the rabbit hole of doom and gloom, we have to just really think of how we can just keep our minds positive and just, again, focusing on the human spirit focusing on the silver linings of being able to be at home to be able to you know have time to start that meditation practice that we keep putting off or mm-hmm. start that art project or learn that language i mean there's so many cool silver linings to this thing that we can appreciate and really focus on versus you know the negative news that that's constantly coming over the television mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. yeah that's and a- all week we've been talking about the importance of routine in a lot of ways yes and i think the importance of routine in your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, your exercise is also really helpful and sort of combats that. I train myself to really not snack and only eat three times a day, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that you aren't hungry outside of those times, but I might have tea or something else in between. And that's just something I've always done. But Mm -hmm. people have to do what works for them. Can you speak about like structure and routine, even though they feel like they can't have it because we're in quarantine? (laughs) Yeah. 
I love that you said that because I teach all my clients something that I call three meal magic, which is eating three meals with nothing in between. And that schedule is so helpful, especially when we're at home and we're looking at all the stockpiled food, you know, because it's so easy to just be like, wow, there's so many options now, you know, I could just eat all day long. Um, and I normally go out to eat, like I'm in LA and I've got all these restaurants, great healthy restaurants around me. So I don't eat cook. So now all of a sudden I've got all this food and I'm cooking, which is another silver lining. I have to say, like I'm finally forced to get the pots and pans out. Yeah, and I just started making smoothies again. You know, I hadn't made smoothies in a while. So three meals is a great structure. To me, it's like it, when it's breakfast, have a real breakfast, make it count if you're not eating in between, you have to make those meals count. Like yeah. they have to be real nutritious meals of vegetables and protein and, you know, and they have to be tasty and enjoyable, like not diet food, just make mm -hmm. it count. And then don't eat between meals. To me, it's like kitchen is closed now. Like once the meal is over, kitchen is closed and I got no business standing around in the kitchen, open the refrigerator door. So for <laughs> people that aren't working at home, you know, this is an opportunity to do projects or do other things, right? Like I've been, I use the, you know, saying all week of like clean a drawer every day, you know, like whether it's little things or big things, like I have a lot of friends who are like, well, I'm working on a book now because I couldn't yes. I was patients all day, but you can have all kinds of projects. You know, you can say like, I'm going to do, I would put on my schedule. Like I regularly put exercises right on my schedule. It's on my master work schedule and nobody can put work in there. Amen. Um, including my absolutely no, schedule yeah. it and schedule the self-care as well you know this is my exercise time i'm doing a class bar class online now it's on instagram you know and it's live and i just have to make that a priority you know because i i'd be at the bar place if i weren't quarantined you know mm -hmm. and that and nobody can bug me then so schedule it and make it a thing you know just mm -hmm. make it a real thing so yeah i think the schedule is vital and especially with the the meals you know enjoy your meals and then close down the kitchen and just be there four or five hours later for the next meal. And if you do that regularly, like at first it's super uncomfortable if people are used to snacking all day. But if you do that long enough, it'll become just a habit and it'll help you when this is all over, it will help you in your life because then you'll just be used to saying, Oh, that's not, it's not mealtime. Like that's not my food. So when you're at the store and they've got all these samples and you know, you're at a dinner party and they've got all these dips and all this stuff going on. It's just like, I'll wait for my meal. Like I'll wait for dinner time. It really cuts down. Cause we're never snacking on rarely are we snacking on celery sticks and lettuce. So, you know, it's always, <laughs> it's always exactly. the chips, it's always the nuts. It's always just really snacky, fattening foods. So if we are sticking to the three meals, we're cutting out a lot of foods that are really no good for us. And also too, like, okay, so people are quarantined, but they're in the United States, you're able to go to the grocery stores, right? We did it the last time I went to the grocery store. So I, Everyone has already else has already heard this. I shop in a food hoard every day anyway because I'm Italian. Okay. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. So now I'm watching everybody else shop like I normally do. Like we would go through the store with like two grocery carts or whatever. I don't go that often. And when I go, I just load up, right? We go frequently for veggies. But when I was there the last time a couple of weeks ago, people just loaded up in 
junk, Trisha. Oh, so, you know, if they're trapped with junk, yes. you know, what are you going to do? Give them advice. I mean, really don't buy the junk first and foremost. Like you don't need it. It's not going to make you feel better. But, you know, now we have that added incentive that when the more processed foods, the more sugar we're eating, the less strong our immune systems are going to be. So it's like this whole new reality is that we have to stay healthy. Like we've got to make sure that our bodies are strong in case we do get the virus. You know, most people are living through it, but it's the ones who are physically in they're fit and they're healthy. Those are the ones that are living through it. And so, gosh, darn it. Like I've been preaching this forever, but now people are starting to pay attention. Like, Oh, like I could die. The more sugar I eat, you know, more danger I have of dying. Like that was true before, but nobody paid attention because it's like, it's slow over the years, whatever. Nobody knows and nobody cares. But now it's like for real. So yeah, I just say really just this is a great time to learn how yummy whole foods can be and how simple cooking can be. And I mean, I just made the most amazing salad last night, you know, with like stir fried vegetables and black beans and, you know, I mean, fact beans from a can from whole foods. I mean, I'm amazed at like all the yummy things I can make, but really simple ingredients that aren't processed, that aren't in bags and boxes. Like, just get the fresh stuff, get the eggs, get the meat, get the veggies, canned beans if you need it. It's amazing what great concoctions and smoothies. I just get this big thing of spinach. This, You know how they have those big things of spinach at Whole Foods yes. and yeah, other yeah. grocery stores. I just have a couple of those going and I just stick a huge handful in a smoothie with some vanilla protein powder and a frozen banana and I'm like golden. Like it's great stuff. Right. So yeah. yeah, getting out of the processed foods and the sugar is so, so important sugar is addictive. And I will say, if you have emotional eating issues, I'm certainly here to support people because it helps to get support with this. It's nobody can, if you're really addicted to food and sugar, it's hard to overcome it on your own. So, you know, just like we've been talking about community, overcoming food issues is like virtually impossible on your own because food's everywhere and it's socially acceptable. And frankly, to me, it's the hardest addiction to overcome because you have to eat. You have to take that tiger out of the cage, pet the kitty three times a day, and then put it back in the cage. And that's not so easy. You know, alcoholics can put the plug in the jug, but we can't do that right. for overcome. Yeah. Such a great point, Trisha. That is and you know, the other part of this is like in terms of sugar and whatnot, Um, you know, it also feeds your hunger and it also creates an emotional instability Mm -hmm. because when your blood sugar is up and down, you are going to feel more anxious and depressed and therefore lean on things that maybe are unhealthy. So there's this terrible vicious cycle in all of that. Carbs and sugar. I'm totally a sugar addict. Like if I have sugar in my system, I just crave sugar. Like, like, That's it. So I physically am addicted to it. Like if I eat it, that's all I'm going to want to eat. And that's why, you know, I always say some, like none is better than some, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's actually easier to cut sugar out completely than to try to moderate it. If you have a sugar addiction and most people, you know, if they're overeating on it, it's, there is that physical aspect of it as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I know this, I know this to be true of you because you won't touch a dessert. 
I've seen that because you've learned that moderation isn't the way to go. And we know that about addiction in general, but it's hard to convince people of that when it has to do with food addiction, right? You would never argue that you're an alcoholic. You don't need to completely abstain from drinking alcohol. Or if you're addicted to cocaine, you would completely abstain from using cocaine, right? But with food, it's different. And so for most people, and so I think it's very powerful the way that you treat it like any other addiction and you just completely stay away from it because you know that's the safe zone for yourself. Trisha, you said you can support people if they're struggling with emotional eating. And I imagine that the everyday people need this kind of support and that today more than ever people do. So tell us where people can reach you. Sure. I have a Facebook group called The Secret Sauce to End Emotional Eating. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Facebook and type in Secret Sauce to End Emotional Eating, you'll find my group. And Mm -hmm. that we have every day I'm posting videos. I'm actually doing a series in there um, starting tomorrow called Don't Eat the House. Success strategies for staying sane around food when you're stuck at home. So we're covering all different kinds of we're covering, you know, topics like boredom, idle time, all that stockpiling and also food scarcity fears and your spouse who eats your spouse who eats crap when you're trying to eat healthy. I mean, I was going to ask you about that as well. What if it's not just you, but you're, I've, yeah. I'm, well, I have a, a spouse who's as healthy as I am, but I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. So it's not, I have a boyfriend now, as you know, who, and, but is, you know, I haven't told you about his eating habits, what I'm discovering now. And like he eats cereal, he eats sugar cereal and puts sugar on his sugar cereal. Oh, that's how bad. Yeah. we're all we're all health professionals who are like (laughs) i know know, it's so funny and then and then he puts butter on his bread before as part of his peanut butter and jelly not only is jelly and peanut butter he has butter as well i'm like OMG! Uh, we, but he looks so fit in the photos. I'm shocked. Well, anyway, he, well, he does. He cycles like 50 miles a day, so that's why he can get. A, he certainly can get away with it. But I'm like, dude, that's not very healthy, you know. So he, no. he is catching on a little bit to the salads that I make. But the really funny thing too is, um, well, something I wanted to talk about. Um, so that's one of the topics. And the point is, just to answer your question, is um, the secret sauce to emotional eating now is where emotional eaters are hanging out and then on my website is healyourhunger.com h-e-a-l healyourhunger.com and i do have a quiz as i mentioned on there people can a free quiz yeah i think i want to get get back yeah i want to just get back to the dessert thing of you mentioning i don't eat desserts it's really important for people to know and it's just uh, that i want to say this is that just cutting things out might be really hard if you're an emotional eater. Mm -hmm. And so there are different steps you can take. And that's what I teach people is an actual step-by-step plan so that you can release things that are unhealthy with you without tearing it away. Because when you emotionally need the sugar, when you emotionally need that excess food, Mm -hmm. it sounds like hell to give it up. Okay. Uh, But imagine... Imagine if you are able in a new way to address your emotions, to bring your stress level down, to have new ways of being nourished at the soul level Mm -hmm. so that it's not even an issue where you can just say no, 
And it doesn't like, it doesn't, it's not a painful no. Like that's kind of where I'm at. And that's what I teach people. So Mm -hmm. some people are like, I'm not giving up my dessert. Well, I get that. But imagine if you you cared less, like you just could care less whether you had it or not then it's not a big deal. And that's the key is if you want it and you're trying not to eat it, that's hell. That's diet hell. That is Okay. But if you no longer want it and you crave yummy vegetables and things that are healthy for you, that's the sweet spot. And that's where the freedom is. And that's really what I show people how to do. And I'd love to connect with anybody who's struggling and wants that help. I yeah, love that so, so much. And we have a question for somebody that says like they realize they need this support from their an overeater and with sugar. And they're asking, you know, how do you suggest people, you know, who are struggling with support? And I'm going to say they should join your Facebook. Group. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. 100%. And I think what she's saying, this person who's asking the question is saying that people, she realizes she needs to completely stay away from sugar, but people respond to her as if she's being dramatic about completely staying away from sugar when she knows that that's the right thing for her body. And again, that is really the social pressure, but we all have to know what the truth is for our own bodies and to be true to that. And I can totally vouch for Trisha and say that when she says no, thank you to a dessert, it's not a difficult, restrictive, you know, restraining of herself. It's like, oh, no, thanks. Like, I don't do drugs and I don't eat sugar, right? I mean, it's that easy to know. So I I just wanted to say that, that you can get to that point even when it feels impossible to get to that point. Totally, completely. Yeah, and the fact is, what the comment that was made, it's hard to, that's why you got to have your people. Like, that's how you got to be among other people who get what, like, I totally get that you, the minute you have some, you're eating all of it. Like, that's, I get that, but a lot of people don't get that because they don't have that issue. They can eat a bite of cake and push the thing aside. That's not me. It's like, can I have the whole cake? You know, and so, (laughs) so you know when you're around people who get that it's like you're with your tribe you like people get how it is they've had nasty binges you know and they've they've gained weight and felt terrible and it's like when you're in your own like community with people who get that other emotional eaters it's so much easier to start making healthy choices because you feel supported and you're like and you feel understood you know and for a long time people live with this problem thinking they're the only ones who do these strange things with food and when you're with other people do it too it just makes it so much easier and and you can just start getting on a healthy path much more quickly so yeah so if you're looking for support definitely join trisha nelson's group the secret sauce to ending emotional eating and she has her series starting tomorrow don't eat the house which is really (laughs) clever and i know we'll have be packed with incredible information trisha we're so excited that you're you came here to be with us and with our mamas our our mamas and mamas to be today is there any final are there any final words that you'd like to leave the mamas with I will just say, certainly, if you're listening to you two, to, to Dr. Cleo and, and, and Dr. Rowe, you're doing the right thing. Like, they, you guys are just 
total goddesses. I love you so much. And whatever you say, you know, I would do if I were having a kid. Well, you are truly an expert in emotional eating and I love the advice and it's very empowering and, you know, change the mindset instead of saying, you're never going to do this. Change your mindset to, I'm going to love this more. And it means that right there is incredible. And getting away from that black and white thinking, you mean I can never have sugar. I can never have that favorite food or whether it's that's never is a long time. So I'm like, I'm I'm keeping it in the day. Like I'm doing it just today. That's all. That's all I got just today. That's all. That's all we have. So one day at a time definitely helps a lot. I love that so much. Trisha, we love you so much. Thank you for blessing us with this time to learn from you. You are such a whiz at this topic. I mean, just um, astounding to me how clearly you understand this and how well you are able to articulate what your community is experiencing. And I'm so excited for all of the women who are going to get help now because of this session. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. It has been so fun. everybody. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye, Dr. Rowe. Bye, Trisha. Hi there, precious mama. This is Dr. Cleopatra, the fertility strategist and the executive director of the Fertility and Pregnancy Institute. I cannot wait for you to come over and visit us at fertilitypregnancy.org. And I want you to make sure that you stop in and you download the free ultimate fertility checklist. You will learn so much about your fertility that no one has ever told you before, including about the primester and epigenetics during the trimester. Don't waste another moment without coming to see us at fertilitypregnancy.org. Every single day matters when it comes to preserving, extending, and igniting our fertility and ensuring that we get to have as many super babies as our heart desires when it's the right time in our lives. I'll see you there. Sending you so much love and warmest wishes, and I'm sprinkling all the baby dust in your direction for whenever you want it.